not to turn me down, Margaret. <laughs> everybody knows that. Morning, everybody. Um, it's fab to be here with you this morning um, and, to, and to speak to us as uh, King's Church within Shaw and be here actually live is uh, such a privilege um, to be here. Um, if you don't know me, my name is Rian and I am one of the pastors here at King's Church within Shaw. So I don't know um, how many of you might have Disney Plus. Um, yeah, oh, we've got hands. Raise hands. You don't have to raise your hands. But it was one of those purchases for us that my dad made um, during the first lockdown. Um, he says he did it for the grandkids, but he didn't. He did it for himself. He often does things for the grandkids, but really it's for himself. But it was something that brought some kind of sanity to our house. Um, you know, we were exposed to all these uh, loads and loads of Disney kind of series and films and all those. Um, and Luke, Luke, you're going to have to put up with it. You, you opted to stay in, so I'm picking on you. Um, Lucas absolutely loves um, all things Marvel and Star Wars. Um, he'll just fly through all the series. If there's ever a new series, which they seem to be doing spin-offs all the time, he's watching them and then he tells me and I'm like, don't tell me yet. Um, he's currently making his way through the, no, the new Boba Fett series. I'm not sure how far he is actually, but we were sat there watching one um, the, other, the other evening um, and he begins getting really excited um, and he's saying things like, ah, oh, ah, oh, this is the bit where the Mandalorian did this and then this character did this and he's going off on one and I'm kind of like saying to him, but Lucas, this is Boba Fett, not the Mandalorian, that's the other series. And it was the classic Lucas eye roll. Um, you know, we all know what those eye rolls are like. Um, prior to him explaining to me that he knows that it was Boba Fett um, and not the Mandalorian. Um, but actually, their stories intercept. And there is a lot of overlap, especially in the Marvel and the Star Wars now, of overlapping of stories. And Disney have become extremely clever in that, uh, in the way they intertwine the stories, causing viewers, like Lucas, to work out uh, how to plot uh, kind of uh, lines intertwine and become uh, a bigger kind of plot. Uh, in, you know, um, but actually they are same, they're the bigger story, bigger, the bigger kind of plan. But let's be honest, this isn't a new tactic by Disney, is it? It's not a new tactic. It's been used before, and it will be used again. Um, greatest story ever told. The greatest story ever told. The story of Jesus, the story of his church, the story that we're all part of is like this too. There are so many stories in the Bible, stories about judgment and the wrath of God um, in the Old Testament, stories about you know, the kings of old, the prophets, stories about the birth of Jesus, the signs and wonders that he performed, the birth and the emergence of the early church. Every story in the Bible whispers his name, doesn't it? It's like he is the missing piece in a puzzle. The piece that makes all the other pieces make sense. And, and suddenly you can see a beautiful picture. And it's such an honour to be intertwined with this story. Our story today, what's the date? 20, 27th of March 2022 is entwined with the story of King David. Our story in March 2022 is entwined 
with the story of Abraham. You will be a father of many nations. We are part of that story. How amazing is that? So I'm sure we're all familiar with the scripture in Hebrews 12 verse 1 that tells us that we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And I'm going to use this scripture for the basis of what I'm going to be speaking about today. And you know, this scripture is a scripture about how our story isn't one of isolation. You know, it isn't one where we go off and do our own thing, but it's a story that involves others. It, inclo- it includes those who've gone before. It includes those who are with us now, cheering us on, championing us and encouraging us, sometimes challenging us. It talks about us being those who stay on course. You know, those who stick to our story, not trying to become the protagonist of of somebody else's, but understanding our own identity in Christ, knowing that the part that we play and understanding the importance our story plays in the greatest story ever told. You know, of course, our stories intertwine, you know, our end point, our conclusion is exact same, isn't it? Our plotline is the same. Our beginning, middle and end is Jesus. And it's always pointing to Jesus. I love how God uses personal stories to demonstrate his love and point people to Jesus. And I want us to think about it, even in this room, even in our lives, how our stories intertwine, even without us realising I'm going to use some people who are part of our community to actually um, demonstrate this. So I'm going to pick on, it's not here, we're going to pick on Akin, okay? So we, a lot of us know Akin. You know, Akin is CEO of his own business. He travels across the world for work. He has his own family to care of. Um, but he gives up time to serve at Revolution Youth on a Wednesday evening, as others here do as well. Akin speaks and interacts with the youth and shares life with them. He, he points them to Jesus on a Wednesday evening, or whenever he interacts with them, maybe you'll see them outside of that time as well. And I'm going to pick on Naomi, who is here this morning. And Naomi works from home. Um, she's, got a, she's got a busy job. She's got two boys and James to look after, although I'm sure James does a good job by himself. Um, but Naomi, um, on her day off on a Friday, she comes along to the Eden Cafe, which we run um, as part of our mission um, into the local community. Naomi starts chatting to one of the mums and begins to get to know them. Maybe she offers to pray, pray for her about something. And this is the amazing bit, and this is how God works. Unbeknown to Akin and unbeknown to Naomi, the youth that Akin has been speaking to is the daughter of the mum that Naomi has been speaking to, okay? And sharing Jesus with the same family. We found out on, uh, this, uh, this was one that I, w- I thought was brilliant on um, Friday. Um, those of you who, are, who come quite regularly, you will know little Alice and her nan who come. Uh, she comes pretty much every week. And we found out on Friday that actually Alice lives next door to Namdi and Nene. 
Um, so there is another connection being made of people in the community being exposed to the story of Jesus. Another example. Some of these might be hypothetical like this one, but we don't know because this is how God works. Maybe you are a health visitor like Ruth, who is working closely with a man who is struggling in the Burnage area. From a professional perspective, you can't overtly talk about your faith, but you know that the power of prayer works. So you listen to the Holy Spirit's prompting, and when you leave, you pray. Unbeknown to Ruth, that morning, Heather, who lives in Burnage, um, was chatting to the same mum at the school gates, and the mum opened up. This is hypothetical. This hasn't actually happened, but I'm, I'm using this one to uh, say, you know, we don't know what God is doing. Heather, having already built up a relationship with the mum, was able to encourage her, support her, and say to her, I'll pray for you. Ruth's not able to do that, but Ruth's done some groundwork through praying, and the door's been open, and Heather is able to say, do you know what? I believe in Jesus. Jesus can move your move. He can do a miracle. She was able to be um, upfront about who God was, because she wasn't operating within a professional perspective. You know, it's amazing, isn't it, how God can use us. And sometimes those small little moments, we kind of think, oh, that's not going to make a difference. But it does, because it's just another part of the puzzle that Jesus is putting together. You know, God uses so many beautiful stories to share and impact those around us. The second part of Hebrews 12, verse 1, tells us to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And I was thinking about this, and I was reminded of, um, of Esther um, in the Bible. You know, Esther was placed in a position of power. Um, the moves that she made, the story that she told, um, and whether she did what she was asked to do, it implicated and influenced a nation. That was amazing. She could have turned around to Mordecai and said, absolutely not, I am not going in front of the king, I am not doing it, goodbye. What a different outcome would have taken place. Just in case anyone isn't sure about the Book of Esther, um, this is a very, very extremely quick overview. So the Book of Esther begins with an all-powerful king of Persia banishing his queen and seeking a replacement. Esther, the adopted daughter of Mordecai, finds favour with the king and is accepted as queen of the realm. We see that in chapter 2, verse 17. Her position is further strengthened when Mordecai uncovers a plot against the king and informs him through Esther. In chapter 3, we see Haman um, plotting to have the Jews eliminated and results in Esther successfully petitioning the king to have it stopped after Mordecai reminds her of her duty. Esther was given a choice. Her choice was, do you walk out your story? Do you take that step of faith Believing that God is for you, and even though it's tough, that was a lot of pressure on one person's shoulders. If you don't do this, we are gone as a nation. You know, that was a lot of pressure. Do you take that step of faith? Do you believe that God is for you, even though it's tough? That you have to step out of your comfort zone, even though there's a king or a situation in front of you that may kill you? 
you know, let's be honest, we're not really in situations that we would, uh, that would result in actual death for us in this country. Even in all this, will your story point to Jesus? Esther 4.14 tells us, For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. What is hindering and entangling you from your own story? What is hindering and entangling you from stepping out and stepping up into all that God has for you? Is it fear of failure? Is it thoughts that you're not good enough? I don't have the time, the capacity, the ability. What is hindering and entangling you? In particular, Hebrews 12:1 says, the sin that so easily entangles. And the word entangles means to be twisted up in. It means that sin has become part of who you are. But it doesn't have to be that way. I know we can all think of sin as those big things in life, can't we? You know, it can, those kind of, you look at King David, the adultery, we see murder, we see... And sometimes, you know, sin can so very easily sneak in and chip away at us in very, very small but consistent ways. It could be jealousy. It could be pride, that sense that you know better than everyone else and everyone else is wrong. It could be gossiping. It could be bad attitude, not thinking that you're good enough, speaking down at others, speaking down at yourself, still sin, tearing down instead of building up. Allowing those little things influence how we outwork our story and how our story points to Jesus. And this is why a close relationship with the Holy Spirit is so important. Holy Spirit is a constant guide that never shifts. It never goes down a different path. And the Holy Spirit is our plumb line. And it, he is the one that ensures that we stay on the right road, that our road and our story points to Jesus. And the Holy Spirit can highlight those areas that we, we need to work on, can't he? And Galatians 5, 16 in the NIV says this, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Or in the Amplified Bible, But I say, walk habitually in the Holy Spirit, seek him, and be responsive to his guidance. And then you will certainly not carry out the desire of the sinful nature, which responds impulsively with regard for God and his precepts. So if we ensure that we have a close relationship with Holy Spirit, we will walk in in the spirit. We're not walking in the flesh. And Jesus constantly will highlight those areas. Oh, that was a little bit iffy there, Ian. You need to deal with that attitude. I repent right now, Jesus, of that, that attitude. I want you to help me to be more like you. And then I carry on walking. Because I want to be more like Jesus. 
because I want my life to show the story of Jesus because the story of Jesus is beautiful and powerful and glorious and kind and loving. And to be that, I so need to be more like him. So just going to spend a moment to consider what might be hindering us. What things are we putting in our lives that are hindering us to be all that God is calling us to be? It could be that we're looking down on ourselves, saying, I can't do that. God is saying, what about? Because he'll enable you to. He's just looking at you to step out in faith. It might be that you're shying away from something that he's actually telling you to do because of a lack of boldness or a lack of faith. It might be something that you think, yeah, I'm actually gossiping too much. I'm getting drawn into conversations that I shouldn't be getting drawn into. I'm not watching what I should be watching. I'm not filling my life with what I should be filling my life with. I keep getting angry or I keep looking down. My... It could be any amount of things. I'm going to give you a moment to think. And in the thinking, um, if God actually highlights anything to you, I'm going to give everybody one of these. I'm going to write it on here. And later on, after I've given everybody a few minutes, we're going to rip it up. And then we're going to put it in the bin. Okay? As a prophetic declaration, saying, God, I am, I am, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going to try and live somebody else's story. Or I'm not going to, you know, think like that about myself. Or think like that about other people. So we're going to write anything that's stopping us from being all that God has called us to be or any sin that we that God or Holy Spirit highlights us we're going to write it on here and once you've written it pray repent do business with God rip it up come put it in the bin okay I'm not going to spend loads and loads and loads of time on it um, but I will give us some time
Jesus, we want to thank you because you are a forgiving God. The God, you don't hold things against us. But God, we just pray that even now as this prophetic declaration that we are saying an end to these habits, to these sins or these ways of life, we say, God, would you cut them off right now? We come against them in the name of Jesus. And we just say, Holy Spirit, would you give us the faith, the boldness, the self-control, whatever it is we need to ensure that we do not fall into this way of life again and that our eyes are fixed on you. We thank you for your grace and your mercy in our lives, Jesus. Thank you, Father. You know, I was uh, walking to Theo, walking Theo to school a couple of weeks ago, and I asked him, I was just kind of saying, oh, what are you going to do in school today, Theo? Um, he was like, I don't know. And then me and Alyssa started saying some ridiculous things, like, uh, uh, are you going to dive with sharks or ride on a dinosaur's back? And then he turned around and he said to me, I'm going to fly a rocket to Space World. I was like, excellent, you're going to fly a rocket to Space World. And then he told me he was going to make friends with the aliens, uh, but they had pointy teeth and they roared a lot. I said, they sound like frightening aliens. He said, no, they're, fr they're friendly, really. Um, this was about like just a five-minute walk at Issa, and this was uh, where he was going to go um, on that Friday morning. And he came home and he drawn a he drawn a spaceship actually, so that was quite uh, he had continued into school. But you know, Theo was writing his story for that day, and it did it did kind of in, in, uh, it did kind of I can't think of the word um, influence what he did during the school day. He played it, he drew it, he was there at some point in that little space world. And the Holy Spirit really nudged me in that. Um, and he kind of just said to me, what story are you writing, Rian? And it's not this sense of what legacy am I leaving behind? Because I don't, you know, yes, a legacy would be amazing. But actually, I'd love to be able to look at my life now and see how my story is influencing and impacting those around me. And I was really, really challenged. And Holy Spirit said to me, what am I doing? What are you doing in your life to demonstrate and speak Jesus? You know, Mordecai laid down a challenge for Esther, didn't he? And he said, and who knows that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. And the challenge is the same to us today, isn't it? You know, Andrew, who knows that you have come to this royal position for such a time as this. You influence your neighbours, your colleagues. Leslie, who knows that you have come to this royal position for such a time as this, March 2022, God is using you. What's your story? How are you showing Jesus? Yeah? Mike, God has called you for such a time as this. You make a difference. You make a difference to your friends, to your family, to your neighbours. Is our lives, are our lives showing the story of Jesus? And not just showing, but let's tell. Let's be those that are vocal as well as just in the showing. You know? We hold the position of royal authority 
because we belong to King Jesus. And that's nothing to shy away from. Sometimes we can be a little bit freaked out by that, can't we? Oh, authority, power, oh, they're naughty words. No, they're not. As long as we hold them in the correct way, it's with humbleness. In the humbleness of Jesus' authority, his power comes. We see it all the way through the Bible. In his humbleness, he is made strong. He comes and he brings deliverance. He casts out demons. Casts out demons. So I know this now means two, two, um, I know this means two kind of writing responses. You don't have to write this down. If you want to, there's pens and paper still here. But I want you to really consider just for probably two or three minutes. I want you to write down how you want God to use you. What do you want God to use you for in your life? How do you want it to use you? And what do you want God to do in your life? What do you want to see? Be specific. Don't say things like, God, I want to lay hands on the sick. Well, who? And where are you going to do that? I want to see people saved. Well, who? And are you going to pray for them? Because we all want people to be saved and added to his kingdom. But we've got to do something in order for that to happen. We've got to get out there. We've got to pray for people. We've got to speak about the gospel of Jesus. So we're just going to a couple of minutes, a few minutes. I really want us to think about how we want God to use you and what we want God to do in your life and be specific. Let's just imagine with God. Let's imagine, let our imagination run wild and just let God speak to us right now. And really think, how do you want God to use you? What do you want him to do in your life? Jesus, we want to thank you because we are part of the greatest story in history and of all time. We want to thank you that your story is powerful and beautiful and glorious.
And yet you chose us to be part of that story. And Jesus, we just want to repent for when we take that for granted. When we've tried to make your story fit into our own little subplot. And Jesus, we just say, would you show us how to live life just following you? Your storyline, Father God. We want to follow you, Holy Spirit. We want to be more like you, Jesus, so that we can see your kingdom come in Withenshaw, in Burnage, in Timperley, in Sale, in other aspects. For the whole of this, this city, Father God, we want to see your kingdom come. And we know the way we're going to see your kingdom come is through us. So Jesus, we want to thank you that even when we mess up, you are there by your grace and your mercy to say it's okay. That you dust us off. Sometimes you give us a kick up the backside when we need it. And you point us in the right direction and we go again. And we go again. And we go again. Because we persevere. We persevere by your grace and we thank you, Jesus. We love you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit.